Hello and welcome to Thanks for the Memories. You've got a friend in us. This is episode 8, The Man with One Red Shoe, from 1985. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I was going to say, this was our first time recording a Hanks in person. We did Bosom Buddies Season 2 in person. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is this is old hat by now. Yeah, I know. Should be used to it, but... This I'm is not. the first time, I think, since the first episode. That's what I was trying to look up, and then I just fell behind and got distracted by other things. Uh, this is the first time since He Knows You're Alone, when we intentionally had no guests. So we have no guests oh, on this episode. No guests. Solo bolo. But it's okay if you're getting distracted, because, you know, this. I got very distracted while watching this movie doing other things. So here's <laughs> the problem with this movie. It's not very good. No. There's no point... It's not funny. Is it even a comedy? That was the big question. I don't know. So it sets itself up as a serious spy movie. This, like, you know, they're they're tracking these cocaine, like these Colombian drug lords or whatever. I don't know what the plot is. So okay, I try. I think I got it because I tried to think of it as like a almost a Coen Brothers script that was just you know horribly executed. But it's this. It's about the CIA, right? And it's about the CIA or FBI. CIA, I thought. Okay. okay. Uh, maybe the FBI now. I don't know. But okay, so there's the director and the guy who wants to be director, and one of them screwed up bad. And if he screws up one more time, then he's like out of there. And that's Dabney Coleman. Dabney Coleman. So I don't know Dabney Coleman. I just he's know Dabney the one with Cole. the. I know Dabney Cole person. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Same. I think they're brothers. They're twins. And well, one is a terrible Scott Aukerman character, and one is an actual actor. <laughs> the deal was that. They're going to set him up to think that Hanks is important and some kind right. of spy yes. so that he like makes a fool out of himself and gets fired. And so the other guy, Charles Durning, I think, plays uh-huh. him. He will then become director of the FBI. Which is what happens in the end. And then what happens at the end is his assistant actually ends up becoming director somehow. But in oh. the last scene, he like gets in the helicopter and he's like, I'm the director. Yeah. But Hanks is the patsy. So here's the important thing to know about this movie. I'm so bad with faces and hair that I didn't even realize it was Carrie Fisher when Carrie Fisher showed up. Oh, I, I knew you wouldn't. I knew. <laughs> but, I mean, she looks so incredibly different Well, back I saw then, her but... in the opening credits. So I was like, oh, Carrie Fisher. And then I was like, who's this lady in the jungle print underwear? And I yeah. was leopard print underwear. I was like, oh, that's Carrie Fisher. Huh. There's the Sunny-esque blonde from Bosom Right, Buddies. also the Daryl Hannah-esque yes. blonde, yeah. Hanks has definitely got a type. Then there's one other woman, basically, in the entire movie. And I was like, that's got to be Carrie Fisher. But he doesn't look, like, it sounds like her. When you like when you, when you you think about it, it sounds like her. But I was like... Because that's like Return of the Jedi, Carrie Fisher. Like, I was right for, after I was that, for the, I the hair, you know? It's no, like yeah, she she's got, a, like, a crop top thing going on. So here's the problem, I think, with this movie, is that it should either be about Hanks or Jim Belushi, but it's not. Like, this is, mm-hmm. a, this is a Tom Hanks starring movie that he's on screen for maybe 15 minutes. It feels like that, it's yeah. It's probably a little bit more, but it feels like that. Oh, man, it's weird. Like, you could definitely have a movie where it's just the Hanks stuff, where he is this virtuoso violin player trying to make yeah. his concerto and all this, and then his best friend's wife is trying to, like, cheat with him and Hanks doesn't want like that could be the whole movie it could also be the same movie where like just this like beautiful woman shows up in his life and, and then he realizes like why is this too good to be true and then she's like I'm a spy like he doesn't there have you go. To, like we don't have to know yes we know too much the problem I think is that we were sort of sold a bill of goods that the movie poster is Hanks front and center mm-hmm. holding a red shoe and it's called the man he's the titular yes. man with one red shoe which we find out is a joke because Jim Belushi stole all of his shoes except for one red shoe and one brown loafer we think the movie's about him but he doesn't show up for like 15 or 20 minutes and yeah. then he sort of goes away for a while while yeah. we follow the FBI or CIA or whoever which I think is funny like they're going so overboard because like this guy is he knows whatever mm-hmm. but like it's too much of that no yeah there's gonna be some 
good bits here and there. There's just, there's so many of them, like a couple are going to land, but it's just, it's not Hanks's movie. Like, I don't understand. Like it's Dabney Coleman's movie. Like he's the star. And I don't expect, I never especially liked him that much as an actor growing up. I think he's good now, but like, I don't know. So seeing him show up, I was like, oh man, like I didn't really like 80s Coleman, but. I think everything that's good about this movie is Jim Belushi. Oh, okay, that's not bad. I think our most of it is, because mm-hmm. I like that he is sort of always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, he knows, he sees, like, all the fun, yes. like, he sees everything that's going on. He hears his wife's voice yeah. moaning with Tom Hanks, or, like, talking about playing jungle or playing Tarzan with Tom Hanks. Right. Which I thought, that could be another euphemism, playing Tarzan with Ooh, someone. Good call. So that's something, he hears that as in the back of the ambulance, which is not an ambulance, it's a surveillance van. Yeah. And so he hears that, he sees dead bodies. He's actually seeing, he's uncovering it, but like, yes. it's always a, like just at the wrong time because they clean it up yeah. right before Hanks goes in. Right. And I think that's really funny, like that's cool, but like there's just not enough of that kind of stuff. And I feel like if you're going to make a farce, if you're going to make a parody of sorts of a spy movie, it needs to be funny because this is mostly <laughs> a spy movie just like with a bumbling idiot at the center who we're not even following. Yeah, you know, I thought watching it, I thought of Spies Like Us, which is like, you know, what if Hanks was recruited or accidentally like was actually a spy and he goes through the whole system and they train him and he goes on a mission and he sort of like bumbles through it because that's what was so great sort of about Spies Like Us is you have Chevy Chase. I mean, sorry, but he is good in that movie. I mean, yeah. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd, uh, like that's where it works. Like that's a great spy comedy. So I think like this was trying to sort of there was a lot of that stuff at the time, like just Cold War humor and things. And spot. so I think like this was maybe kind of an answer to that movie, but it just, yeah, it just didn't work. Did you know that this is a remake? I saw that in somewhere. Was it the opening credits or something? Or it's, it's it says some... screenplay based on something. It's a and... French farce called The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I would imagine that's better because usually when something is remade, it's not remade because it's... So what would it be in Europe, in France? Like, I have no idea what their, like, spy agency Interpol? is. Right. Like, maybe it works better because maybe there's two warring organizations instead of it just being infighting. Maybe they're pitted against each other somehow. I don't know. But I'm not I'm not rushing to watch it. What I do know is that we are off to a rough start. Thanks for the <laughs> I was mentioning that the other night. I was having dinner at the diner, and I was like... Early Hanks, man, it is. Oof, it's not great. It's rough. Because we got a couple movies already that I thought we were going to like in Splash and Bachelor Party, and I don't. Like, Splash is okay, but Bachelor Party, I don't like. The best thing so far is Bosom Buddies, which is, which I'm never going to watch again because it's too much work. I know. I also said, like, I watched all Bosom Buddies, and the whole table just was like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> we have Volunteers next, which I think is another spy movie. No, uh, well, I've seen it a lot. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. But then we have The Money Pit, which I know is great. Okay. And then I think, you know, there's a couple more movies. Maybe, but we get like the Burbs, Joe versus the Volcano, and then I think he sort of switches gears into being more of like a dramatic actor and stuff. Yeah. So, like, like, it's there's, getting there's there. good stuff that's coming, but I'm just so glad that we're cutting this with Tom Cruise because, right? Oh man, because like, that's get... what I was expecting, like, right off to the races. Yep. Like, he is hit the ground running, but uh, importantly, Carrie Fisher will be back in the Burbs, right? Dabney Coleman will be Hanks's father in You've Got Mail. I've never seen it, so Neither okay, have I. I've not seen Punchline, I've not seen a lot actually more than I thought. The most important trivia about this movie on IMDb is the number two thing, because there's, there's a lot of trivia on IMDb about the music, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. What music? Like, okay, so there's... So I, the... I think Hanks is actually playing the violin, which I think is cool. Ooh, I, I think. That's I, cool. It doesn't confirm it, but it, I think. So there's his song that he wrote, and then there's the which, rest of it is on. that score. By the way, Cage has shaving. Hanks maybe has toothbrushing, but he also does that thing where like he like 
fogs. He like draws the scale with his fingers, like the the, the mirror. Do you remember that scene oh, where the mirror is yeah, all fogged yeah. up from the shower, and he draws the clef, the whatever, and then he just starts doing notes on the, on the I was like, uh, mirror. That's awesome. Like that's yeah. so cool. Because music is in his mind the whole time. That was interesting. That was explored when they were like, oh, maybe he's. It's like, is there some way that he could encode a message in the song that he's writing or something? And I was like, well, I'm finally glad they got to something. <laughs> like that would have been really cool. Well, that's why you know but... when when the sunny esque blonde shows up in, or like when she lures him over to her place, which is like just a place where they could spy on her, and she's in the lowest cut dress oh, of all time. Like uh, Looking Glass or whatever that yeah. Cage movie was at the motel. And he's like, "Can you, have I played my song? She's like, I'll oh, play your song. Like, so they're all waiting. They're waiting. They're like, there's got to be some kind of hidden message. And then the joke of that is that she just falls in love with him and they yeah. have sex and like, they're in love. Yeah. Well, she's like, I don't think he's a spy. Like, I'm not convinced. Like, I think you got the wrong guy. And they're like, no, 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 honey. Like, that's just how good he is. Like, he's just that great. And she ends up believing that he's not a spy before they do you know like she like kind of helps him out right at the end of the movie like uh, she's like I know you're not in on this I'm gonna tell you everything that's going on well, he says something like I'm no more of a spy than you are and she's like well I am a spy that's it yeah, yeah so this was at the time or as of 2013 I think which was when the trivia was written this was Tom Hanks's longest movie title to date was six words but next year or this year or sometime, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is also six words. So that's not actually interesting trivia. The man with one red shoe, six yeah. words. Joe versus the volcano is only four words, but it yep. sounds like so many more words because of the syllables. Yep. And also, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is much longer in terms of letters. But that's the kind of trivia that we're working with here on this movie from IMDb. <laughs> My only other really note of significance is that it was always something that we called that when we saw Cage movies. We get young Hanks in this movie, which is not young Hanks, but, like, we get actors playing young Hanks, so they're showing, like, the, the unremarkable life of him oh, growing yeah, up. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, you know, going to the dentist and, like, playing the violin and learning music and everything like that, and I was like, oh, that's a thing. That's interesting that we see, because it's rare that we see that in We other... had it in Splash, right? Yep. And that was it, basically, but, yeah, we always like to see if there was, like, a young Cruz or a young Keanu. Because we saw... A lot of young Charlize, in fact. Uh, didn't Jennifer Lawrence play young mm-hmm. Charlize? In a whole movie, yeah. Yeah. But, like, in Bosom Buddies, we had younger Hanks, but he was played by Hanks. Remember college yes, age and high school age Hanks was, was played by Hanks. That was a highlight. I don't know if I have any more notes about this. I was just amazed how much of the movie was the, like, the whole thing revolving around the dentist. Like, I just recently had an encounter with the dentist, but it was the day after I watched this movie. But it was just, like, going on and on. And I was like, when is he going to get to the dentist? What is going? What is happening? Why is this the central bit right now? It is just not funny. And the annoying thing, not the annoying thing, but maybe annoying thing, is that Hank shows up to the dentist, immediately senses something is wrong, and leaves. Yeah. And then we hang out at the dentist for another 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, all the henchmen have to get, like, you know, they get the, the needle by accident and everything but i like when they actually when hanks goes to his apartment and they actually have to shoot him like three times with tranquilizers to knock him out i just read this book uh, it's a cage connection of sorts because it was written by jack handy of deep thoughts oh, okay and it's called the stench of honolulu and it's incredible it's so dumb and so fun and there's a part in it it's about this these two guys who go to hawaii they hate each other at least the narrator hates the other guy the other guy is just like the narrator's an idiot and they go to Hawaii to steal this golden monkey and become rich, but as they're going toward the golden monkey, he like gets hit with a blow dart, and he gets hit by so many blow darts in the story that they just no longer have an effect on him. <laughs> and he's like, I just I was impressing the locals, but they could just hit me with blow darts, and then nothing would happen. So I was thinking about that as it was going on. Very good. Another Bosom Buddies connection. Hanks plays softball in this. 
Oh, that's right. And gets beamed in the head as he's watching the Sunny-esque jogger go by. You know, in the confusion, there's like, don't forget, we're taking on the Senators tomorrow. And Dabney Coleman's like, oh, I knew it. Like, he's involved with the Senators and stuff. That's the level of comedy that we're at here, folks. I like that Hanks is a musician. I like that he's noodling yep. away on his keyboard, mm-hmm. that he plays the violin, that he's a violin teacher. I think that's an interesting job. That's something oh, that... Oh, that was a hilarious... I, well... Maybe not hilarious, but like it was pretty funny how he was teaching the kid and you find out that he's making the kid play the music he wrote and the kid like is kind of like not into it or anything. And then he's like, fine, play whatever you want. And he just like rips the fucking violin. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, what is Hanks even still is this guy's teacher for? It makes no sense. He's also terrible with kids. He's like, what are you, seven or eight? And the kid was clearly like, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm 12. Yeah. No. There's some slapstick in here that works, I think, for me. Like, Tom Hanks, when they replace his toothpaste with shampoo for some reason. Because <laughs> he... they're putting his apartment back together, and they get it, like, all wrong. Like, he turns on the faucet, or he flushes the toilet, and, and the, the water runs, goes yeah. on. And so he keeps flushing. They're like, oh, he found out the bug. We need to turn on the volume or whatever. Okay. But I like that when he is talking to the sunny-esque blonde, that he starts, like, spitting bubbles. Like, that's definitely going to be the image for this episode. That was, it's just, yeah. it's funny. Like, it's a funny it visual. Funny. Yep. It's just, you know, it's just way surrounded by... A lot of movies that oh, I don't man, care about. It was about. just so boring. I was just so bored. And I wouldn't feel good about being bored watching it or anything. I was just like, why does this isn't just working at all? I doubt it was working back then, too. If you had to pick a favorite moment in here, what oh, would the favorite boy, moment be? Oh, boy, that's right. We got to do that. Credits. No, um, actually, okay, so I guess when they're performing the concert and it keeps getting stopped for different reasons, mm-hmm. and I didn't know Belushi was also a musician in this or that Carrie Fisher was a musician either. They're just like all suddenly playing music in the uh, concert yeah why not but you know if i had to pick i guess that's the best part that's the most sort of like complete sequence you know from start to finish where it just feels like you could yeah. you just take that and watch it as a short and that's fine i think my favorite is because there's not a lot that i liked here because i watched most of it last night to finish up this morning because i was falling asleep watching because i was like i cannot but at the end of the movie when jim belushi comes over he's basically apologizing for having a mental breakdown he's just like he's like i'm sorry that i accused you of sleeping with my wife i don't know i'm seeing these people i, I don't know what's going on but it's all real yeah and then he's like i'm thirsty i'm gonna go get a drink and he goes in the refrigerator and it's just a dead body in the refrigerator <laughs> and he like loses his mind he's like i'm not thirsty and Hank's like no don't worry about it and like as he goes in to get the drink you see the fixer or whatever come out with the dead body over his shoulder and Hank just comes out with a drink of water like nothing's ever wrong i just like little moments like that like i just like the disillusion of jim belushi's sanity where it's just <laughs> he's losing his mind a little bit at a time and just trying to make sense of it i wonder now because you know like carrie fisher is famously known now as like a uncredited script doctor on like tons of stuff and especially stuff that she's on though okay so i wonder if she's not responsible for some of the best moments here like if they you know she kind of took over and was like this this couple needs more to do like john is doing he needs more to do like if we could squeeze things in here let's let's do this and that because that's a that is a great bit so maybe she was like we could fit one more of those gags in or how old is she here like 30 yeah this, she's a little under 30 because she's you know she's kept popping up in things that we were reading like you know potential casting for this included carrie fisher or whatever so this yeah. is the era of i guess her trying to have a career after star wars yeah which did she really i, I don't really yeah. know much about her she, she went into comedy really she did she wrote postcards from the Edge, which is based on her life, which stars Meryl Streep. Um, so I know she, she was a writer, but like, did she act a lot? Yeah, she, she, she shows up a lot. I mean, yeah. she's, no, she's so not a, like, like a star, but she's in um, where she, her and Bruno Kirby and uh, Meg Ryan and uh, When Harry Met Sally. She's oh. in that. So like that was a huge movie. Aside from playing Leia, is that what she's most known for, do you think? I think so, because I just think that that movie is so well known and it's such like a considered a classic that so many people have seen it that they probably would 
say after Star Wars. That's the that's the movie I went to after Star Wars. Gotcha. So. Okay. What was your least favorite moment in a, oh, in a movie boy. filled oh, with them? Oh boy! Oh boy! Come on! I'm forgetting a lot. Let's see if I wrote down anything in particular. Well, yeah, because we were talking about you know last episode. You said you had seen this before, but yeah. you didn't remember. You watched it three years ago, according to Letterbox, and you don't remember any of it, which nope. I don't blame you for. Nope. I don't remember much of it now this time. Like I said before we recorded, no wonder I Do you remember what recall. your guess was for this? Oh, yeah. My guess was that Hanks is going to lose a red shoe that had something important, like, hidden in it, and okay. he needed to, like, get it back for some reason. Well, it's, I guess closer thematically that there's an importance to the red shoe, but, you know, I thought it was either somebody who was in love with the Red Shoe Diaries, which was very clearly not the case, or what I still think would be interesting is that he gets one of Dorothy's ruby red slippers and tries to find the other person, but not at all. Least favorite moment, though. Oh, it's tough. So many to choose from. Uh, maybe, maybe, okay, so maybe in the beginning of the sequence at the dentist office, which felt like it was closed the way it was like lit and everything the dentist spy comes in and he just like takes out the receptionist the yeah. female receptionist is like that spray i was like well that is uh aggressively uh you know negative there it's just like i'm gonna walk in and knock out this person and go i don't know i mean like i said there's so much to choose from one thing i did like and i'm just looking through my notes to try to, try to find something that i didn't like that but i don't think i wrote any of the stuff i didn't like down but i like when the director of the fbi or the cia or whatever he knows that his house is bugged and so he goes <laughs> Goes outside in a full raincoat and a, uh, an umbrella and just turns on his sprinklers and like the guy is with him, the, his assistant or whatever, is just getting drenched. Mm-hmm. Like there's funny visuals. It's just that they're like what they're talking about is nonsense. It's inconsequential. Right. Because then they say, hey, let's uh, pick out anybody at, at the airport because we know we're being watched by Dabney Coleman's men and make pretend that he's important so that they look like fools for the next like what week or two trying to like spy this guy out. Uh, and then when we're all up for review, like I'll get the job. Yeah. I think my least favorite moment is just how little stakes the entire movie has. We don't get a sense of what's going on. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that's supposed to be a comedy. Oh, I don't think I read this quote to you. I think I started to read it. Maybe I didn't. But the number two trivia on IMDb, Tom Hanks described this film as, quote, not a very good movie. Oh, okay. It doesn't have any real clear focus to it. It isn't about anything in particular that you can honestly understand. It <laughs> made no money at all. Wow. So when Honest he's, Tom. When he's as open about how terrible that is... You know, I did kind of like the score, even though that's all there was. Like, I don't think we get a uh, man with one red shoe song like he's looking for the other shoe. Like, are the other waiting for the shoe to drop? I don't know. But the score was kind of cool. It had kind of that 80s like, I don't know if I want to necessarily call them steel drums per se, but it was some kind of like synthesizer. Like it was like that doot 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 doot. It almost reminded me a little of um, Risky Business score, a little maybe. A little Tangerine Dream. A little Tangerine Dream. This movie made $8.5 million, made $3.5 million its opening weekend. Budget was 16, so it lost money. Ouch. I want you to listen to what's in theaters. Oh, the movie that comes out. Number one in the box office, a little film called Back to the Future. Number two in the box office, a new movie, I don't know if you've heard of it, E.T. Number three, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Number four, Cocoon. Number five, Silverado. Number six, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Wow, 1985, man. This movie, but then also Pale Rider and St. Elmo's Fire and The Goonies was still in theater. Like, how, yeah. And Fletch. How are all these movies? <laughs> same year? <laughs> the same weekend. It's insane. July well, it's like 85. probably the same month. Yeah, because, well, movies played a lot longer back then, I could tell but you. But these like, are all, so... E.T. came out, like, you know, months and months and months and months and months 
before Back to the Future, I feel. No. So e- really? this is E.T. Oh, this is a reissue. Okay. Yeah. E.T. reissue. Sorry. Okay. Because I remember seeing it in theaters, too, and be like, originally, not like It was like 82, 83, I think, yeah. maybe? Yeah, and being way too young and being like way up front. This was Back to the Future's third week. It was Mad Max number two. It was Cocoon's fifth week, Rambo's ninth week, San Elmo's Fire fourth, Goonies seventh, Fletch eight, but like, it's wow. still like I saw Goonies. I saw Back to the Future. The summer <laughs> of that month was... I remember going to my cousin's house one day, and he came down with the Rambo First Blood Part 2 poster, and and he was like, check out how ripped Rambo is in this movie. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. Did you say your least favorite moment? Yeah, but, you know, do you want another one? No. I mean, just in general, like I said earlier, Dabney Coleman, I just don't really like him in general, and I didn't like this movie, so, like, he didn't make it any easier. Uh, Sorry, Dabney. It's okay. The other Tom, if we were going to put Tom Cruise in this movie, I have an idea. Okay. So it's the same movie, exactly. Okay. That Tom Cruise is a violin teacher, apparently a violinist. Okay. At the end, he's on the subway car or whatever with the sunny-ass blonde, and she's like, he's like, I'm as much as a spy as you are. And she's like, I'm a spy. And he's like, I'm also a spy. Because we don't know anything about him. That's but true. But that he's been a spy. Or like, they're right. That would have been great. That it's a twist. Oh like, he's, like, God. playing them. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know what's going on, but like he's undercover trying to like oust, like he's some foreign national or something, trying to oust the CIA director or something like that. Okay. That they're on him, but he's like this bumbling idiot, and everybody's just like, oh, whatever. And she's like, I believe you. She's like, he's like, sorry, lady. I don't know what happens from there, but I like there's like a, could be a, a Mission Impossible esque reversal. Yeah, well, you only need like an extra like 30, 40 minutes to make it a huge action sequence of yeah. them chasing each other around and everything exploding and stuff. Wow, that's good because I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say like he, you can't make him play this character. No. Like, I, you know, like it would be such a waste. So like he would have to be Belushi in this like manic crazed yeah. like bumbling like i would love to see i don't think we're ever gonna see comedy cruise i'm not sure i'm not positive oh we'll get to tropic thunder but that's you know and that's very that's a very small part it's a very small part but he was and, nominated for that okay so but i'm just saying like it would have been cool back then if he had more maybe one or two uh comedies under his but belt i'm also kind of glad he doesn't because if these are the comedies that Hanks is doing, well, just imagine? in general, these are the comedies that are out there. Yeah. Like it was, it was rougher than it seems when it, for that genre. Because I feel like comedies in the '80s, and we got into this a lot with like Bachelor Party, is like they went for the raunch. Like there's no heart in those, really. Yeah. Like, you know, like those come in movies like Goonies. Like I wouldn't call Goonies a comedy. I'd call it more of like an action adventure movie or something like that for kids. But it's got heart and stuff, and so I think that's what's missing from a lot of these things. And also, you know, I guess they were having trouble with the rating systems in the '80s, so mm-hmm. it was like PG or R, PG or R, and it wasn't until this like, is also this is a PG movie, and like yeah, and it wasn't until PG. 13. What else? I was listening to Brian's show when they were doing Christine, right? And Christine was going to be rated PG because there was no PG-13 yet. And Carpenter was like, fuck that. No way. So what they did is they just, there wasn't time to do anything except ADR, a bunch of F words. (laughs) So they just dropped F-bombs throughout the movie to give it an R rating. (laughs) Because there's something like the car violence didn't count, which is like... That's what the MPAA said at the time. Like, oh, well, it's not real. It's not people inflicting damage on people. Well, it's like Arnie's behind the wheel driving that car. So. All right, Stanley yourself, Mike. Oh, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be in this movie? Okay, I am the guy at the airport coming down right before Hanks. I'm Ooh. just, uh, you know, okay. maybe I'm the man with the green hat. That's me. I'll be man with green hat. And, cool. uh, you know, they're like, maybe the man oh. with the green hat. No. You know what I just realized? We have man in a red sports car and man with one red shoe. Ooh, that's almost, 
almost. It almost, it. it almost saves this movie. It does not. <laughs> I think I'm going to be at the dentist's office, and I think I'm going to basically do what Hanks does, but after the spies have left. And I walk in, and like the receptionist has passed out. I'm like, Doc? And he just passed out. I'm like, I don't know. And I just leave. Oh, so you're like the next, next yeah. the customer there. We have an email address here on the show, hanks at cageclub.me. If you want to email us, let us know, are you enjoying these early Hanks movies? Because we're not. Are you enjoying the episodes, at least? Hopefully, like... Hanks at cageclub.me. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash cageclub, and cageclub.threadless.com. Yes. If you want to support us, if you want to buy some stuff, poke around, go check those out. Mike, does Tom Hanks do anything in this movie that could make him seem like he's America's dad? Hmm. I think he's fatherly to an extent. He's also playing very young in this movie, I feel like. Yeah. Like, because he had been playing a little bit older, you know, guy getting married, sort of not really fatherly, but it felt like he was playing more as age, and it feels like here he's playing someone like maybe five years younger. You mm-hmm. know, he feels like he's playing very childish, sort yes. of. Yes. And I think he's sort of playing fatherly to the violin kid, but I don't know if he's necessarily fatherly. Yeah, it's weird because I don't know if he's joking when he's like, what are you, seven, eight? And he's like, I'm 12. Because like, if you don't remember your own kid's age, like that's not being a good Is father. Is it his kid? No, no, no. Oh, right. But okay, I'm just okay. saying like a good father would sort of, you know, be on the ball about that. So, yeah. I, I, you know, be able to tell... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, later in the movie, does he really do anything? I mean, he doesn't commit adultery. That's, That's good. That's good. Although it feels like they have... Is, so is Carrie Fisher in love with him? Are they are they having an affair, or she just wants to have I an affair? I think she just wants to have the affair. I can't... I think... Oh, you know what? There was a sort of a mention. The movie says she might have taken advantage of Hanks when he was drunk one time. Oh. And he was like, I was drunk, like, or something, or they were on vacation, maybe. Okay. So you're saying sort of. So mostly not, but a little. Mostly not, but a, yeah. If, I'm sure if the, if he was in the movie more, he would exhibit more examples. I don't have anything else to sort of contradict that or anything. So all right. So Mike, we have to do one more thing. I, I oh, can't awards? imagine that's the awards, and I can't boy, imagine oh that's going to be very good. I don't think it's going to get anything. Worst film? Probably. Yeah. Now this is what I'm talking about when it comes to worst film. You know, I understand why we put. What did we put up there? Bachelor Party, I think. Bachelor Party, Mazes and Monsters. Okay. Like, this blows those out of the water. At least Bachelor Party had the 3D fight, and Tony Katane and Hanks, like, were adorable together when they were together in that movie. Um, and Mazes and Monsters, you know, now I, I'm not, I'm never going to rewatch it, but I'm never going to stop saying party to a holy man. You know what I mean? Like, that is yeah. forever an inside joke with me. Worst role? Or no, maybe most wasted performance. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Best ensemble? No. Best fight? No, he doesn't, he doesn't fight anybody. Best dance scene? No. Best party scene? Best outfit, wardrobe? Best death? Best line? There's nothing. Is best wardrobe one red shoe? <laughs> nope. Best line? Best freak out? Don't work. Best soundtrack theme? No. Best or worst love story? No. Most badass role or best or worst non-Hanks role? Yeah, that's it. Two things. Most wasted performance and worst film. Wow, might be the it's the least nominated movie so far. Bummer. Well, we will be back in two weeks for Volunteers with Walt Hickey. Oh, which okay. Which is on the Christine episode you were talking about. Yeah, and Risky Business. And Risky Business. He's taking his debut here on the other Tom podcast. So you know what Volunteers is about, so you're not going to yes, guess. Yes, so I can't guess. So in the IMDb, I didn't look up Volunteers, but in the IMDb trivia, it was like Tom Hanks played a couple spy in a couple spy movies or whatever. I think it's spy related or something. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to accidentally get recruited to be a spy or in the military or something, but he doesn't realize what's going on until it's too late. And he just keeps like, it's like a series of, it's like a comedy of errors. And he keeps making mistake after mistake after mistake. And he keeps finding himself in the wrong place. And all of a sudden he's either on the front line of battle or like deep undercover. He's like, how did I get here? So like the volunteer is like an ironic volunteer. Like he didn't volunteer, but that's why the movie's called that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's my guess. Cool. 
We'll see. Is that it? That's it. Wow, man. I mean, shortest episode yet. <laughs> oh, definitely. And we're going to edit this down, too. Surely. Let's feature another podcast here on the network. Let's feature, well, I was going to say we feature High School Summer Party, but we've done that enough here. Let us feature uh, the newest show. What's super brand new? Why Aren't We All? Dr. Island Addington's new podcast. It's monthly, first of the month, every month. So this episode comes out on April 19th. So there's two episodes that are out already. Why Aren't We All Vegan? And Why Aren't We All Playing Bridge? So if you want to hear short conversations length of this episode that Iceland has with friends and colleagues about something that they're very passionate about and could make the world a better place. First of the month, every month on cageglove.me, why aren't we all? There's no judgment. It's not like veganism is the only way to live. It's just like, right. why does this work for you? Yeah. Why do you like to play bridge so much? <laughs> why could that help make the world a better place? Joey, if you were on that show, why aren't we all doing what? That's a very good question. I think it could be something as simple as why aren't we all hosting our own podcast, which it seems oh, like we kind of are. That's pretty nice. I because like that. I feel like it does, even if no one listens to this, even if no one writes in, write in hanks at cageglove.me, I feel like it's improving both our speaking ability, our critical thinking, and also it's letting us discuss things that we otherwise wouldn't discuss. And are we going to far too much detail? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I would never watch a movie like this otherwise. I would never talk about a movie like this otherwise. Not saying that this is necessarily worth a morning, but (laughs) it's something that it's, I think it's a creative outlet that it's free to do. Yep. It takes time. Mm -hmm. But if people, if more people did it, I think that there would be more creative output. Maybe there'd be some really great stuff out there. Cool. What about you? Why aren't we all what? Smoking more weed. All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, well, that's fair. I get it. So for all things smoking weed, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, hanks at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash cageclub and our shop at cageclub.threadless.com. Uh, let us know that you're listening. Just say hi. Let us know what you think of the movies or the episodes, whatever. Next week, we are going to be back with The Color of Money on the other oh, Tom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Cruise Club episode, and then we'll be back in two weeks for volunteers. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll be back in two weeks for volunteers right here on Hanks for the Memories.